Good morning, church family. Good to see you this morning. How's everybody doing today? Beautiful faces. You all look awake and alive, ready to worship the Lord. Is anybody ready to worship Jesus? Raise your hand. Let me see you this morning. God, we honor you today, Lord. We love you. We praise your name, Lord. There's no one like you. Come. 
Oh, he's so good. Forever we are his. Amen? Amen. High five your neighbor on your way to your seat and just say, you look good. You look good. We believe church should be enjoyed, not endured. So good to see your smiling faces this morning. We want to say welcome to Dothan First. I believe Sundays are the best days because I love being in the house of God with the people of God. And uh, if you're a first-time guest with us in person, online, or maybe you're watching back on demand, we want to say welcome. Dothan First, can we welcome our guests? Come on, let's give it up for them. So glad you're watching with us or in person. If you're joining with us for the first time, or uh, we want you to let us know in the chat if you're watching online, or if you've been with us for a while and you haven't got connected yet, we want to remind you of a few things. Number one, you can text D1, D1 text to 84576, or you can grab the connect card in the pew in front of you or scan the QR code. This is just one way we want to connect with you. We want to get to know you. We promise we won't show up at your house. We don't want your social security number. We don't want your banking account. We just want to connect with you. And if you have that, if you're a first-time guest, or again, as I mentioned, watching with a while, watching with us for a while, we want you to hold on to that connect card until after service and turning it, turning it into one of our leaders out in the lobby. We want to exchange that for a gift. Or as you exit today, the sanctuary, you can place that in the giving boxes. But we also want to invite our guests to meet our pastors in our guest reception. They just want to shake your hand. They want to give you a hug, get to know you, introduce themselves, and just say welcome to Dothan First as a personal contact because we're glad you're in the building today. Can we give it up for our guests one more time? Also, on D1 Text, there's a number of things we want to remind you of. One of the first things is we want you to tell us your story. We love hearing testimonies of what God is doing in this house and in your life. So please tell us your story. We love hearing those. Maybe you need to take your next step of faith in baptism. Uh, we want to encourage you to do that. We love celebrating new life here. But then also we want to remind you of Grow Track. Somebody say Grow Track. If you've been coming, we want you to know it's not just a membership class. This is also a way for you to find out your unique purpose, find out, take some assessments to find out who you actually are and how God wired you. And so we want to invite you. If you missed last week, we started last week. We're starting session two today, but don't, don't let that keep you from coming. We want to invite you to come to session two. We'll catch you up. That'll take place as you exit the sanctuary. It's the cafe space to the right as you leave. I encourage you to come to Grow Track today. Get to grow with God and with each other. It's going to be a great time. You get to hear the heart, the mission, vision, and you just get to dream with our pastors a little bit about what God has called us to do at Dothan First. So we're going to invite you to do that. Also, today is Life Group. Somebody say Life Groups. Life Group sign-up happen, happens today in the lobby. We're going to do this for a few weeks. Yes, y'all give it up for Life Groups. We believe life change happens in relationships. So we want to invite you to do uh, to sign up for those. I already looked at a bunch of them. Uh, we have something for everyone. We want to encourage you to go to our life group stuff. We have things for ladies only, men only, young married couples. If you have small children, uh, you know, sing, uh, not single, not just single moms, but also maybe just moms with little babies. We, we encourage you. Please sign up for life groups today for the reason of one of the best ways we grow closer to God and to each other is through relationships. So sign up for life groups today. On Wednesday nights, we affectionately call family night. They happen every Wednesday at 630. We have something for the entire family, youth first, uh, boys and girls ministry, nursery, 
brotherhood and sisterhood, which is our men's and women's classes. We invite you to be a part of those because we want you to grow. And then also, we want you to sign up or follow any of our social media platforms, Spotify, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram. We just want to keep you in. Matter of fact, you need to follow us on Instagram today if you're not, because your face may end up on our social media. And we just want you to know, you need to share that. Share what God is doing. Invite people into the house of God through our social media platforms. Follow us on those, but then also uh, download the YouVersion Bible app and get the sermon notes for today. Do y don't y'all love Pastor Mark's preaching? Y'all give it up. We have one of the best communicators in the world. I appreciate you, Pastor Mark. But uh, we want to make God's word accessible to you. So please download the YouVersion Bible app. You can follow along with the sermon notes. We have those uh, for you to save so that you can go back and reference what God maybe even spoke to you in a service in a moment. But just so you can continue to grow at home on a personal level. But we're so excited for today. And uh, not only about God's word, but during this part of our service, this is where we get to give. How many of you, the Lord has blessed you? Come on, how many of the Lord, how, how many of you know God is good? Amen. Well, with that being said, there are five ways to give up on the screen, and we want to invite you to get ready uh, to continue our worship through our giving. But if you see one of those ways available to you, and as you're getting your offering ready, we want to invite our elders to get ready to uh, go to their various stations of prayer. They have, we have two uh, places of prayer, actually three, but two on the main floor by each exit and then one up in the balcony. And during this time of prayer, right before we get back to uh, get ready to go back into worship, we invite you to do this because we believe in healing. This is not something we repeat. This is something we believe. We want you to go to these men and women who are going to believe by faith with you for God to touch your body. So I'm going to, go, going to ask you to go ahead and stand up on your feet as we get ready to continue our worship. And I'm going to pray over our time of giving. But as I'm getting ready to pray, if you feel like in this moment, you know what, I really need a touch in my body. I really need God to heal my mind. I want you to, I want to invite you to go see one of these elders so that they can lay hands on you and believe in faith for your healing. Amen. Let's pray over our time of giving and worship. Father, thank you so much for the family of God. Lord, I'm so thankful that you bring us together every Sunday to come up under one name, the name of Jesus. And Father, in this moment, we're not only believing for healings, but we're believing that you'll bless those who are giving in this offering in our time of tithing. Father, bless this house because you love us. Bless us because your word says you love a cheerful giver. And we're believing not only for testimonies of healing, but testimonies of blessing to come out of this house today. And all God's people said, amen. Come on, let's worship together.
of your Savior who found you in your sin who didn't wait for you to be cleaned up before he accepted you but came while we were at our worst and gave his life as a ransom for us to pay for our sin oh we thank you Jesus you are so good to us Lord we worship you today Lord we worship you Jesus
isn't he good today? Isn't he good? We praise you today, Lord. Awesome. Well, listen, as you're being seated this morning, tell your neighbor you're glad you got a chance to worship with him. And then turn your attention to the screen. Hope. Normally defined by a feeling of expectation and desire for a certain thing to happen. Normally. Conforming to a standard, usual, typical, or expected normal. But there is nothing normal about our hope. See, our hope can't be found in an expectation. Our hope can only be found in the hearts of men and women who have been chosen before the foundations without qualifications, chosen by a God who positioned us before the world began, purchased us from the marketplace of death when we did not deserve it and postured us as heirs to a kingdom. Our hope was nailed to a cross until he died. But our hope is more than a feeling. So our hope in three days did rise. And for 40 days, he remained teaching us his ways. And then our hope ascended to heaven, commanding us to share this hope with others. Our hope is for the lost who will become sister and brother. Our hope isn't a feeling. Our hope is a person. Our hope is in the risen king. Our hope is in the one who lived and for our sins died. Our hope is in Jesus Christ. Come on, how many are thankful we have hope today because of Jesus Christ and what he's done for us? Amen, amen, amen. And we take time with that tribute video to just remember that it is 9-11, the 21 years past that horrible tragedy and loss of life, and we remember to pay tribute through prayer and remembering those who lost their lives on that day, and so many families, our whole nation was affected by that tragic day, but how many thank God that he's bringing back hope into our nation. If there was ever a time where we needed hope in our world, it is today, and the good news is, is we all get to be the carriers and the bearers of the good news of Jesus Christ in a world filled with bad news, friends. We got nothing but good news coming our way as believers in Jesus Christ because we have an eternal hope. It does not fade away. And listen, I want to take a moment and give it up once again for all of those who are first-time guests in the house and the first-timers that are watching online. Can we take just another minute to welcome them officially? God bless you. Welcome. Yeah, and right after this service, I would love the opportunity to greet you, meet you, uh, connect with you briefly. I promise we won't take up a bunch of your time, but out the doors and to your left is our guest reception. Michelle and I and a few of our leadership team will be in there ready to greet you and uh, give you a gift for hanging out with us today. And as Pastor Will said, if you go out the doors and to the right is our grow track. We're going to do that right after service. So please hang out with us. We want you to discover your divine design to know why God made you the way that he made you. It's so important. It's critical that you know. Listen, it's one thing to know that you were born. It's another thing to know why you were born, right? Like why God made you the way that he made you with all your quirks and idiosyncrasies. Listen, God made you a specific way for a reason. Because there's a sphere of influence that God wants to help you to reach into this world with his love. 
And um, so follow along with us on social media, if you would, as well. It's a really helpful tool to get the word out of God's love and his goodness. Well, listen, grab your copy of God's word. And if you don't have a Bible, let us know. We'll be glad to get you a Bible free of charge. We just want to connect you to God's eternal word. But could you repeat this out loud after me? Could you say this when you say, I am what God's word says I am. And I can do what God's word said I can do. And I can become all that God said I could be. So today, I will hear God's word. I'll receive God's word. And I will obey God's word because I love his word. Now just turn to the person beside you, next to you, around you and say, aren't you glad that you are so blessed to sit next to somebody as good looking as me? Just tell them right now. Let them know. (laughs) You are so blessed to get sit next to me today. Oh, you can turn to Romans chapter 5, and as you're turning there, I did hear a story one time. Two ladies ended up dying and ended up in heaven at the pearly gates, and there they are with St. Peter. And St. Peter mentioned something really weird, off the cuff, man, it was just so weird. He said, now listen, now that you're in heaven, I just want you to know... We have a lot of little ducks that that roam around here in heaven, and we just want to make sure that nobody steps on those little ducks because, you know, it'd be tragic if if one of them got stepped on. So just watch out for the ducks and don't step on any ducks. If you do, there's going to be a punishment. And so the two ladies, they went off into heaven, and sure enough, after a while, one of these ladies, she stepped on a duck. Felt horrible about it, but St. Peter walked up and said, I told you there was going to be some consequences. Put handcuffed her to the ugliest guy she'd ever seen in all of her life. He said, I'm sorry, you're going to be connected to this guy for eternity. That's your, that's your punishment for stepping on one of these little ducks. I mean, she was pretty upset about it, but the other lady, having seen what just happened to her friend, was like, I'm not going to let that happen to me. So sure enough, she goes through, does not step on any ducks. Years go by, she doesn't step on any ducks. She's watching everywhere she goes, making sure. But all of a sudden, St. Peter walks up, handcuffs her to the most, I mean, gorgeous-looking hunk of a man she had ever seen in all of her life. She's like, this is awesome. What did I do to deserve this? And the guy looked back at her, the handcuffed, and said, look, I don't know what you did, but I stepped on a duck, you know? So I'm just saying, like, You may think you're all that, but um, (laughs) I want to hook you up with five words from Romans chapter 5. Five words from Romans chapter 5. There's like married couples looking at each other going, you're the one that stepped on the duck. I'm just saying. But anyway, (laughs) Romans chapter 5, five words. That's all I'm going to give you. Five simple words. Hope does not disappoint us. Hope does not disappoint us. I started by saying we need hope more than ever before in this nation, in this world today with wars and rumors of war, with economic crisis, with political uh, fighting, nation divided. How many know we need hope more than we've ever needed it before? But what I said is that we can be the bearers of hope. And today, I want to talk to you about how to do that. I want to give you some very practical, simple steps to help you be the carriers of that hope. And so we're in this series now called Hope. But specifically today, I want to talk to you about having hope in your relationships. Relationships are so vital, so critical 
who you're connected to, how you spend time with them, how you invest in them. As a matter of fact, I've been honored as a pastor now for uh, 25 plus years. I've had the honor of leading funerals. And what happens often in funerals, if you've been to one, is that you know at certain point, somewhere in that funeral, past the songs or the prayers or the reading of the scriptures or the message, is a portion called the eulogy. And the eulogy is often basically the, the script of that person's life. And maybe it's read by a family member. Maybe someone comes up and gives a remembrance. But I, I'm here to tell you, out of all the funerals that I've done in all of the years of ministry that I have served, I promise you, that eulogy might be, I don't know, five minutes long. It might be 10 minutes long. There may be multiple people that come up and give remembrances, and that may be 15 or 20 minutes long. But friends, can I just tell you this? They spend like 40 seconds covering 40 to 45 years of a career and all of their achievements. I mean, 40 seconds for 40 years? Think about how much time you've invested in your career. And look, it's great. You need to be a provider. You need to work hard, right? It's great to be successful, to, be, to, to work hard, to get to another level. I think that's awesome. You should be, as believers, the hardest working people to be the favored people to receive bonuses and promotions. And I think that's awesome. You should have the best attitude. You, you should rise to the top of the stacks. I think that's great. But I just want you to understand, after going to school and getting your career or mapping out your future and working so hard, 8 to 10 to 12 hours per day, and by the time you get to the end of your life, nobody remembers all of that time. You know what they remember? They remember the legacy you leave is based on your relationships. They talk about how you invested in people's lives, how, how you made a difference in their life personally. How you somehow supported them in a time of need. How you were always there praying with them when they were going through something. That you were beside them along the journey called life. And friends, here at Dothan First, we want you to do life together. We were never meant to do this thing all by ourselves, all alone now, I can just tell you in the choosing of friends, because I remember the earliest days when my kids were in school and I would tell them, hey, you know, you got you to gotta pick your friends wisely. Because, you know, who you hang with, the Bible says that bad company corrupts good morals. So you could either choose friends kind of arbitrarily or intentionally. You get that choice. But as a kid, let's face it. Come on, now, I, I know that many of you don't fit this category, but for me, just let me be honest, if a kid in my neighborhood, because, you know, usually friends groups are surfaced around geographic locations like your neighborhood or they went to elementary school with you, whatever. But if you wanted to really be my best friend, it was really like a deep, a, a deep thing that I was looking for, like the character of that kid. No, I, if he had a pool... Come on, somebody. If he had a trampoline, if he had foosball, if he had the video games I like, come on. Oh, don't act like you've never in your life picked a friend like that. And we laugh at that because that's just kid stuff, right? You know, it's so often that we allow 
friend groups to be connected to us. And we as adults even regress back into those early childhood stages where our relationships are nothing more than superficial commonalities. Like, you liked my stuff. (laughs) And my fear is this, is it creates this very shallow relationship. And we think that that, or we equate that as being a friend. Friendship is much deeper, and I want to help you to, yes, we have relationships that we can influence other people, and you may never meet them through social media. That's one thing, and that's a good thing. By the way, you should talk about on, if you have social media platforms, you should talk about what you believe more than what you don't believe. (laughs) You, You should talk about the good things in your life and the goodness of God more than you talk about the bad things in this life. Everybody in the world can talk like they are a thermometer, right? It just reads the temperature of the room. But how many understand, if you want to be a thermostat, if you want to change the trajectory of our world, you need to be influencers that tell people about the good things of God and how they can find hope. So let's talk about it. Because I don't want you to choose fair-weather friends that won't stand the test of time. I want to help you develop healthy relationships that will last The book of Acts, the New Testament church, was designed and established through relationships. In Acts 2, 44, it says, all the believers were together and had everything in common. Let's just stop and say this. If God is your father and God is my father, that makes us brothers and sisters. Okay, we're, we're a family. And what God was trying to establish in the New Testament church was a family of relationships where we would love each other like a family. Now, let's just stop and say this. How many of you agree with every single decision your family members have ever made in all their lives? Come on. Nobody, right? And if you do, come up after the service and talk to me about that so you can teach me how to to do that, right? you got a perfect family. But for those of us in the room who have a tiny bit of dysfunction in our family line, How many know you don't always agree with your family, but you choose to love and respect them? Why? Because they're family. And how much more the family of God, this group, and beyond Dothan First, every church in this city, every church in this region that lifts up the name of Jesus, they're our brothers, they're our sisters in Christ. And so we are collectively the family of God. So here it is. I'm going to give you quickly three hopeful relationships, three things that hopeful relationships have in common. First of all, all, every strong relationship is bound by something called love. Love for each other. Many times if you're a believer, love for the Lord. And by the way, if you love each other and love the Lord, it's going to give you a heart to want to give and serve that person. The true heart of love is shown best by serving and giving. Jesus said, I didn't come to serve. Listen, Jesus, the Savior of the world, said, I did not come to be served, but to serve. The servant of all is what Jesus is. Okay, if you don't catch that, catch this. John 3, 16, right? Some of you remember that scripture. For God so loved the world that he gave. Giving comes out of loving. That's the way God intended it. And Michelle and I have been sharing this love relationship for now on Saturday, 28 years. 28 years that we're getting ready to celebrate marriage. Yeah, you can clap for that. That's good. 
she put up with me for 28 years. And we have kind of a storybook, fairy tale romance. I mean, we got engaged at, at Disney. It was just a wonderful, we had a great uh, ceremony there at our church. I think, personally, and mom, dad, I'm not really sure, but I'm convinced that we had one of the largest weddings that's ever been performed anywhere in the state of Michigan. That's my personal, because it was thousands, because, not because we individually invited them, but, but my, my dad and mom were pastors there at the church, and so they just said, y'all come. <laughs> and they did. <laughs> and y'all fed them cake, let them eat cake, so much cake. <laughs> Thank you for that, by the way. Thank you for that. I appreciate that. But I mean, how in the world the statistical data on how we would have ever met is insane. I mean, it's a one in a million shot. The small town girl from Tupelo, Mississippi, meets a city boy born in South Detroit. You know, they actually wrote a song about us. Go ahead and take a look at the screen for just a moment as they sing that song to you. then. Come here, baby. Come here. Come here. I love you, sweetie. <laughs> Woo! All right. God bless you. You have a great time. Michelle, let's <laughs> Oh, I am the worst video maker in human history, but one, but one little tiny tear was worth it all right there. So, uh, all right, now I got to think about what I was going to say in the message. Um, I, had to, I had to stop it at that point in the song because there was no smell of wine and cheap perfume. So I'm just saying that was, that's why. Fade, <laughs> hit the fader. <laughs> but you know what's awesome? Is when we were dating, it was so easy to serve this lady. Just easy, I mean, just Oh, where would you like to eat, baby? Anywhere you'd like to eat. Where would you like to go? Anywhere you would like to go. What would you like to do today? Oh, whatever, it's fine. You mean you'd like to go to Target and me go with you and follow you around looking at things that I have no idea what I'm looking at and watching you feel material of clothing articles and then say, I think someone else has this outfit and then look like I care? That I will definitely do that in our dating relationship. But you know what's crazy is when the busyness of life hits 
And year after year, you begin to cycle into whatever it may be with you, children or jobs or stress or illness or family dynamics. And all of a sudden, what it was once so easy to do becomes like obsolete. It's, it's no longer beneficial to you in, in your mind. People really don't grow apart. They, they choose to stop loving and giving and, and serving. And so you have to make a, a daily decision to do that, to love each other through it all. How many of you have ever been challenged in your relationships? Come on, it doesn't even have to be your marriages. Two of you, God bless you for being honest. I appreciate that. <laughs> Listen, friends, you need to understand challenges cause growth. For every married person in this room, you can shout amen to this. But what you saw on the video, those pictures of good times and wonderful memories, do you want to know something? Let me give you a little secret, a little, little advice. It wasn't those pictures and in the midst of those pictures where we grew together as a couple. It was through pain. It was through loss. When her mother and father and younger sister passed away. It was when both sets of my grandparents passed away was through miscarriage, it was through broken moments, it was through times when we ran up the credit card bill and then wondered how we were going to pay. Come on, somebody, let's get real. You don't grow in comfort. Often you grow in the moments of challenge. It's no different than somebody that's a weightlifter, right? And as you can see, I'm, I'm, I'm a weightlifter, so I'm going to give you really good advice here. Um, I can tell you concepts. Look, weightlifting, right? It's, it's the tearing away of the muscles. That's actually what happens is the muscle fibers begin to tear on the last rep of, of your lifting weights, barbell push, whatever it might be. But what happens is then you grow in rest. That's what happens. You, you tear in the moment of stress, but you grow in the moments of rest. And I would say it like this, rest causes rebuild. Everybody say, rest causes rebuild. So listen, friends, you can either choose to gripe about your mate or you can choose to grow with your mate. The enemy would love to steal the hope right out of your relationship to make you so frustrated, to feel so hopeless and so stressed that you just want to give up. And God wants to use this re resistance, listen, to grow you up. Michelle Benson has been the greatest joy in my life. She also rubs off the rough edges of my life too because guess what? I need that. I need that. 1 Corinthians 13, 2 says it like this. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge and have a faith that can move mountains, but have not love. Everybody say, have not love. <laughs> I'm nothing. That means, listen, friend, you can have more degrees than a thermometer. You could be able to say the word love in 20 different languages, but if you don't know how to practice it, listen, you can be theologically right but dead wrong in the way you treat people. Jesus is saying that he's given us the gift of people in our lives. Luke 12, 48 says it like this, to whom much is given, much is required. There's, it, listen, is there someone that could come into your situation and make it better than you? Is there somebody that could love your wife better than you? 
your husband better than you? Is there somebody that could take your children and love them better than you? Raise them better than you? Take your home, your job, your situation, those things that you might con- continually complain about, even sec- whether it's secreti- secretively or publicly, could somebody else take your situation, your life, your finances, your spouse, your friends, and make that situation better and love them better than you? If so, then it's time to step your game up, friend, because <laughs> God's calling you to love them. As a matter of fact, the way to build a healthy relationship is to learn how to give. That's why our motto here at Dothan First is to love God and what? Love people. That's it. And, and we want to teach you that in the grow track. Again, after this service, if you missed the first class, it's okay. We'll help you catch up. Three relationships that need to be strengthened. I'm going to cover them quickly. Here it is. First of all, couples need to be strengthened. We've got to strengthen couples, families, Love is so needed in families today. And, and by the way, Michelle and I are very different, not just the city boy and the, you know, the north and south and male and female. Uh, we're, we're very different, but it, because we're different, it's good. God put us together. There were times where we would complain about those differences, but what we found was that the differences were put there by God to help us grow, to be better, to, to, to mature, to grow up. Listen, if we thought alike, always talked alike, how many know one of us would be unnecessary? (laughs) I'm just saying. God puts those differences there for a reason to make us better. And we tend to complain about those differences rather than celebrate them. Here it is, 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7. I I want to read this to you and you can follow along on the screens. Here it is. In the same way, you husbands must give honor to your wives. Treat your wife with understanding as you live together. She may be weaker than you are, but she is your equal partner in God's gift of new life. In other words, you may be able to bench press more than her, but you better be the servant of her. It says, treat her as you should so that your prayers will not be hindered. That's very interesting. I've had people come up to me and say, listen, does that mean that anytime I've had a dispute or an argument with my spouse that God doesn't listen to me? I mean, let's face it, like some of you may have come to church today and you're on your way here and you were just having an argument with your spouse. I mean, you know, you or the kids or whatever, you were just stressed to the max. You're coming to church and you are in a major disagreement with your spouse. Now, of course, that would never happen with anyone here at this church. So just adjust your halos like you don't know what I'm talking about. But if you're real in this room, if you're honest in this room, if you're authentic in this room, you know it just happens sometimes. And you get into church, and you're trying to get into worship. You're trying to get in the message, especially now that I'm talking about love and relationships. And here's the deal. It's the prayers are hindered not because God's not listening, but that your, listen, your, your ability to hear God is often hindered. Couples that struggle through these moments. And I want to leave you with some things that are very important I've never had a counseling session where someone's come in and they're having trouble in their marriage and they say, you know what, pastor, I got, I got to tell you, my wife is just, she loves me too much, she serves too much, she gives too much, she honors too much. I, I've never had any couple say that. Why? Because if they had those things, the problems would probably begin to dissipate. When you love 
others, you're actually representing our loving God because God is love. So are there people that are close to you? Are they growing in God as a result of their relationship with you? Are the people in your life better because they met you? And if not, you need to think about that. And you need to make some changes. The second is church relationships. Let's talk about it quickly. I know that in a church this size, not everybody is going to always say the right thing to everybody. I haven't heard anything. Everything sounds good as far as I know. So this isn't a message of correction. It's actually a message of compliment. Like you're, everybody seems to be doing great and thank God for it. But let's face it, the, the fact remains that in a church this size with this many people, there's bound to be people that have differences of opinion, uh, you know, potential conflict, whatever. It's not that you won't have conflict. It's how do you treat the people that you're in conflict with? That's really what matters. And not just here at Dothan First, but anybody who calls themselves a believer. We are all called to love God and love people. And you say, well, I just want to love God. I, I just don't, I don't like people. That's a great thought, but how do you serve the invisible God up in heaven? The best way you can serve God is by serving others, by loving other people for him. Love demands relationships, spending time with people, getting to know people. And when you're loving the people around you, you actually are serving God. 1 John 4.12, here's the theological principle. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us. And his love is made complete in us. The saddest state of a church is when everybody's at war with each other, when there's fights in the church. Well, the reason is they're not serving, they're not loving, they're not giving. They're thinking of themselves, and the church is supposed to be, friends, a safe haven of restoration for lost, broken, and hurting people. That means when I come to church, it's not just about me. It's about who else is in the room and who could I bless today? Who could I smile at today? My wife told me that she uh, went to Dunkin' Donuts the other day and somebody in the car in front of her paid for her, her coffee it, or donuts or whatever it was you bought. Oh, oh, it wasn't Dunkin', everybody. Stop. It was Starbucks. Of course it was. Of course it was. Paid for her uh, coffee which isn't cheap, by the way. I just have to just, <laughs> that was just a personal thing. Anyway, <laughs> with all the little, I mean, you have, it, it takes 20 minutes to order the drink because it's got so many little nuances of Starbucksery. I'm just saying, it's just, it's, and they paid for it. It's awesome. But you know what? That kind of thing, when somebody gives, it's infectious. It's contagious. A smile is infectious. A smile is contagious. The way you treat people, the way you talk to people, the way you make people feel when they come around you. Friends, if people see you coming and run the other way because they know, here comes Mr. Sourpuss. Always got something bad to say. Always got something negative to say. It could be sun shining and the crops are probably going to die off. It could be raining. You could say, it's probably going to flood. Come on, somebody. Get a clue, man. If people don't want to be around you, maybe you ought to learn to have these. And let me just say this. For you that have sister sandpaper in the cubicle next to you, because God bless you, I know you probably do. Look, I know you probably do. Sister sandpaper sits right next to you. It, I mean, bugs the fire out of you. 
gets on your very, wherever your last nerve is, she's there, right? Okay, I get it. I get it. But let's stop for just a minute. Let's talk about Sister Sandpaper. I'm going to mess up your theology right here. All of you, I'm just going to mess with your theology. Do you know that in God's divine design, he probably put you in relationship in the cubicle next to Sister Sandpaper to help Sister Sandpaper? Ooh, I hate even saying it. (laughs) I knew I wasn't going to get an amen on that one. I knew it. I knew it. Why? Because, you know, there's some things probably going on in Sister Sandpaper's life. Like, she is the way that she is probably because there were some things, some disappointments, some, a, a lack of hope, a hopelessness in her life. Maybe there's issues between her and her spouse, her and her children. Lifelong disappointment. So she puts, listen, barriers up around her. She allows a root of bitterness to get stuck in her spirit. And you want to know something? People that are afraid to be rejected will reject you first so that you don't get the chance to reject them. And that, my friends, is the theology of Sister Sandpaper. So now you have to see her not through your own eyes of how she gets on your nerves, but how God sees her. How does God see her wounded or broken, abused, lonely? I'm not saying that she should stay that way. But you know what's awesome about that difficult relationship is also she's rubbing the rough edges off of you because she's teaching you something called patience, right? And love. How do you learn things like love and joy, peace, patience, long suffering, (laughs) gentleness, kindness? What does that sound like to you? The fruit of the Spirit. God's helping you to operate in the fruit of the Spirit to help someone else, to love someone else for Him the way He would love them. And in the New Testament church, there was this word called together. It was, it's blistered throughout the New Testament church. The Greek word for that is koinonia. It, it was the glue that held the church together. It was relationships. How many discovered in Christianity it's not a solo act, <laughs> right? We were designed to worship together, to fellowship together, to work together, to grow together, to love together, to pray together, to go through things together. God had a plan and a purpose for your life, but God never meant you to fulfill that purpose all by yourself. Third relationship, quickly, is that needs to be strengthened is our community. Our community, and not just the community, those out there in Dothan and the surrounding area, but I'm talking about right here, the the community of believers if the worship team would come as we close out. John 13 says it like this, verses 34 and 35. A new command I give you, love one another. Look at, as I have loved you. How did God love us? Unconditionally, right? Goes on to say, by this, everyone will know that you're my disciples if you have love one for another. It doesn't say if you're super theological, if you're super biblical, if you know all the scriptures and have them all memorized, if you have a Jesus t-shirt or a Jesus fish on the back of your car, that's not what is going to produce new believers in this world. It's going to be how you love others. They'll know you're a Christian by your love, by how you serve, by how you give, and God's purpose on this earth will not be fulfilled by isolated individuals doing their own thing. It's going to be by serving God in partnership with one another. Remember this, when God created Adam, what's one of the first things that he said? It's not good that man should be, what? Alone. Friends, did we learn anything through this pandemic? 
Think about that. I mean, counseling went through the roof. Crisis counseling went through the roof. People were going crazy. Why? Because we weren't meant to live life alone. You weren't meant to do life by yourself. That scripture isn't just talking about marriage. It's talking about loneliness. God hates loneliness. The worst thing you can do to a criminal is put him in solitary confinement. And some of you are surrounded by people that maybe you are influenced by or that you have influence with and you still feel alone. Some of you, even in this room today, you could be surrounded by all the people that are here, great, wonderful, loving, godly people, and you could still feel alone in a crowded room. And God says, I don't want that. Friends, he loves you. He wants you to make a difference in the world because of the unique personality traits and who God made you to be and how you think and how you were wired, which is why we have Grow Track to help you define that divine design. <laughs> we want to help you. But friends, you were made for one another. You were made for community. You were not meant to do life alone. That's why we have life groups. Because we want to help you in that journey of faith that you can be with other believers. When you're going through crisis and hard times, you got somebody to come alongside you and pray with you to help you along the journey. For some of you in this room, it's just that self-centeredness. You've been so focused on you that you forgot about others. But God put you on this earth for a reason, to make a difference, to give a la leave a lasting legacy, to bless our city. He wants you to make a contribution with your life, to give something back, to pay it forward. And that's why we have to walk with a common purpose, common goals, common pursuit, common vision. We gotta be going the same direction. Philippians 2.2 says it like this, agree with each other, loving one another and working together with one heart and one purpose friends I can't tell you what tomorrow holds and I certainly don't know the dreams and visions that's inside of you but I know it's greatness friends there's greatness inside of you one of the things that amazes me about nature is the redwood trees we don't have them much here in Alabama, but if you go to California, you'll see them all the time, and they'll grow to like 350 feet tall. It's the most amazing thing you've ever seen in all your life. But one of the most unique parts of this very tall tree, they can literally be uh, thousands of pounds. It's like 50 or 60,000 pounds of weight. But they have a very shallow root system which you would think that if it's a shallow root system that when something happens, uh, you know, tornadoes or winds begin to blow, they should topple. They should be the first trees to topple because they have shallow roots. But here's what's amazing about them. The root system of those very tall trees are intertwined with other root systems of other redwoods. It's literally what keeps them standing. It keeps them growing. The other trees actually help to provide the nutrients that make that tree grow tall and strong. Can I just tell you, if you're going to plant a redwood, don't plant it by itself because it will never survive. But if you plant it among other redwoods, it will absolutely thrive. And can I tell you, that is the greatest metaphor for a church I could ever, ever think of. 
Because we, by ourselves, listen, with all the purpose and all the potential and all that God's placed in you, all the giftings and talents and abilities that you've got, if you're all by yourself, this world's going to knock you down. But friends, when you're with other people, other believers, other people that will love you, support you, encourage you, challenge you, make you better, even those that will rub off the rough edges will provide the nutrients in the soil of the godliness inside of you and pull out greatness in you. Friends, it's time to make a difference in this world. It's time to transform our city and our world and we can do it, but we can't do it alone. Friends, I want so badly to make a difference in this world and to change the landscape of this world, but I can't do it by myself, and neither can you. But together, the Bible says, all things are possible to them that believe if we will partner together with a common vision, a common purpose, go in the same direction, we will change the world. And I want to pray with you today that God will help you to build relationships, not just with each other, but with the Almighty God, to partner with Him. And when you do, He'll do more in you and through you than you ever dreamed. Let's pray together. God, thank you so much for the opportunity that we get to celebrate your goodness. And God, in this moment, I know that there are some who maybe they do feel lonely and broken and struggling. And God, I pray for those who may be dealing with very difficult issues or maybe struggling in relationships that, God, their focus would turn toward you, the lover of their soul. Matter of fact, if you just keep your heads bowed and eyes closed, there may be some in this room, you'd say, Mark, I need Jesus to come into my life. I need to make him Lord of every area of my life. Listen, friends, God sent his one and only son, Jesus, to this earth to live a sinless life and then to die on a cruel cross for our sins. He sacrificed his life to give us new life. And I want to offer as a free gift that salvation expression. I want to introduce you to the one who can truly set you free. He can be Lord of every area and transform you from the inside out. And if that's you and you'd say, Mark, that's me, I wanna be included in this prayer right now. Listen, I'm not here to embarrass you. It's not my heart to judge you. I'm not gonna call you out. You know what I really want is between you and God, I want you to develop a relationship. I want you to be at peace with God today, and you can be. So I wanna include you in that prayer. If you'd say, Mark, that's me, I wanna be included in this prayer right now. Whatever it is, a decision for rededicating your life to the Lord or maybe a first-time decision, whatever it might be, you wanna put your trust in him, that's you today. Come on, I want you to just simply slip up your hand, acknowledging by the raised hand, Mark, that's me, include me in the prayer today. Yeah, God bless you. Yes, in the balcony, on the main floor, God bless you. Yeah, anybody else, that's you today. Come on, that's you. Say, Mark, include me in this prayer. Anybody else? Mark, I need my sins forgiven. Or Mark, there's things that are separating me from God and my relationship with Him. If that's you, just lift up your hand. God bless you. Yeah. Anybody else? Yeah, God bless you. Anybody else? I'm just taking another minute to wait. Listen, I'm not trying to manipulate a moment here. This is between you and God, but there's an acknowledgement of our need of Him that's so important. It's critical. Once again, while heads are bowed and eyes closed, I'm just gonna give you one more moment, if you would. If that's you, and you just feel your heart beating, and you know that's you, I'm gonna invite you to just slip up your hand, acknowledging by the uplifted hand, that's me, Mark. Include me today in this prayer. Anybody else? All right. God bless you. 
I want us to pray this prayer together out loud, especially you who lifted your hands. But I want us all to say it as just a consecration moment between us and God. Can we pray this prayer out loud together? Simply say this. Say, Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sins. Give me a fresh start. I choose to trust you with every area of my life. Wipe away my past sin. And from this day forward, I put my hope in you, my eternal Savior. Come into my life and be Lord of every area. I invite your Holy Spirit into my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now, can you put your hands together and celebrate? Come on. All of heaven rejoices. Can you stand up? Let's worship God together. Would you lead us? Come on. Worship team, lead us in some song. Oh, hallelujah. Praise the one who set me free. Hallelujah. Death has lost its grip on me. As I said, for those that are first-time guests or maybe you've been here a couple times and we haven't had the pleasure of personally connecting, we'd love to meet you in our guest reception immediately following, just out the doors and to the left. Or for those that want to be part of our grow track, you can go out the doors and to your right, and that'll be uh, available for you. We'll start in just a few moments there. I'm going to dismiss some of our leadership team and some of those who are going to be greeting out in the foyer. I'm going to go ahead and dismiss them, but here's what I want to do. I want to dismiss you with a blessing. That'd be my greatest joy. It'd be my honor to do that. So if you would, just like you're ready to receive a gift from the Lord today, just receive this blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance on you and bring you peace. And may the Lord our God write his name on your heart and declare you're my child. No one can take you from my hand. May you know the love of your Savior that came and died for you and rescued you. And may you give that love away to as many people as humanly possible. I bless you to be a blessing to your spouse, to your kids, to your family, to your co-workers, to your neighbors, to this city, to this region, to this world. I bless you to be a blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Did you get anything out of today? I pray you did. Hey, God bless you. We love you. Have a Jesus-filled rest of the week. We'll hope to see you this Wednesday or Sunday. God bless you.